It's time for the Josh Kirby on Sports Podcast. On this Thanksgiving edition of the Josh Kirby on Sports Podcast, I am joined by Dan Dembski in studio as we have a lot to talk about on this edition. It's Thanksgiving, folks, and you're in for an exciting episode. Stay tuned. I'm glad you connected. This is Dave Johnson, voice of the Washington Wizards. You have connected to the right place because you are listening to my man, Josh Kirby, on Sports Podcast. All righty, folks, welcoming you inside the Thanksgiving edition of the Josh Kirby on Sports Podcast. You know who I am, and in studio is Dan Dembski as we're dapping it up. It's been a while, brother. Dude, it's been too long, man. I mean, not on the phone, but in person, face-to-face. I think the last time I was on Organic sports talk in person. There's nothing better, man. Yeah, it's nothing, nothing better. better. Face to face, you can argue <laughs> with. I it. love it, man. <laughs> or whatever. Point counterpoint. Yeah, yeah. That's right. But but before we begin, before we dive into this exciting episode, we're part of the Mayo Please Podcast Network. Make sure you check them out on Twitter and Podbean. Uh, they're on all streaming platforms as well. We're sponsored by Route 11 Chips. Make sure you find a bag today inside your local Martins, Food Line, and Giant stores. We're sponsored by PM Plus Reserves. And big thanks, as always, to Dave Johnson, JR Beats Official, and MPT Now Productions. So, very exciting week on your end, Dan. Um, yeah, Virgi- Virginia Tech Hokies football shuts out Pitt. One more game to go. Um, it's the UVA Cavaliers. It's rivalry. The week. battle for the Commonwealth Cup. Yes, but sir. that's not all. Virginia the battle Tech. For the no, no. Um, their basketball team knocked yeah. off Michigan State. So true. Yeah, yeah. You must have seen it all. So t- tell us a little bit about that football game first off, and that basketball game second yeah, off. Yeah. Wow. What a what a couple of days it's been. Um, yeah, the the football game. My dad and I went, and um, we had we had a great time, man. It was uh, miserable weather. It was cold, and it was pouring down rain. But Tech just played, you know, a complete game again, once again, especially on defense, shutting out for for you know nine quarters in a row now. They've shut out their opponents. Um, so you know they're they're getting hot at the right time, and I think UVA is scared right now to play us, which they should be. Um, so. Um, you know, all the all the marbles seem to be falling into place right now for Virginia Tech football. Whereas, you know, a month ago it was kind of like the sky was falling. This is going to be uh, the end of Tech football as we know it, and you know, so many people had that sort of take. So it's good to see that we have recovered in just a short amount of time, and um, you know, certainly that's that's very special. And of course, the basketball team picking up an improbable win in the Maui Invitational Tournament uh, second. Second round, no court, yeah, quarterfinal round um, against Michigan State. Um, 
Then they get knocked out by Dayton. They got crushed by Dayton oh yesterday. Gosh. Yeah, they, like they lost. Dayton in the A-10? Really? They lost by like 20-plus in that game. I think they lost by 28. I, so. I, I, I didn't even see that game. I, I didn't I didn't watch it I either. just thought it was a regular season game. I didn't really know it was they were actually in a tournament. But. Yeah, the, it's the Maui Invitational. They, they send... It's one of the premier, um, you know, early season tournaments that they do in college basketball that every team wants to be a part of somehow. Um, so yeah, Tech got had the honor of being invited to that, and like I said, I mean, they just played extremely well. Um, we're trading buckets with Michigan State for a long time, but Tech's defense really stepped up late when the game got close. Uh, Michigan State trailed by you know three uh, with. Probably about a minute and a half to go, and you know how nervous I was, man. Oh my gosh, my heart was like pounding out of my chest. Yeah, but they they did what they had to do, man. They they stopped them on defense, and they did just enough to win. And um, it was an unbelievable win. And of course, you know they followed up the day after with a quite embarrassing loss. But they're a young team. They're going to have bumps on the road, um, bumps along the way, I should say. And um, you know that definitely that Dayton game was one of those bumps, but. I think you can see how special this team could be, um, not just this year, but for years to come. So. Under the direction of uh, Mike Jones, the Mike 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 Young. Mike Young. Yeah. Yes, sorry. Got, got he has he does have a basic last name. That is that is one thing about. Yeah, it. but um, yeah, he's done. He's done a great taking job taking over from for Buzz Williams. Um, can you see the promise moving forward of a better Hokies team? He just seems like more of a player coach like just just someone who really loves his players and you know he, he seems to have a lot of fun with them you know buzz was kind of cold to that sort of thing and i'm not going to trash talk him because he did a lot for the program yeah he, i i mean he, buzz got really emotional get, getting through two suits throughout the game and yeah halftime changing sweating through all his and clothes. he used to be worse than that man he used to have to change every single game when he was <laughs> when he was bigger when he when he before he lost a bunch of weight but Oh, um, yeah, I think I think Mike Young is Mike Young's a fun coach, man. He's he's got these guys playing with a lot of heart right now, so we'll see if they can keep it going. Obviously, you know, like, like I said, the Dayton game is a is a bump in the road, but they're they're an extremely young team. You're talking about a lot of freshmen and sophomores on that roster, so the the future's bright, I think, in Blacksburg um, for for basketball, and our, of course, our women's basketball team is undefeated right now as well. So, well, heck yeah, it's been fun to been fun to watch that too. So. Been a good couple of days for for Tech Sports minus that game um, uh, yesterday. So we we'll look past that because we beat number three Michigan State. So yeah, that that that's the upside Michigan State. It's like it, is it is it March already? Look, <laughs> the upset shouldn't be coming this early. Yeah, right? yeah. It's unbelievable, man. Who knows? But as always, WUVT, you can find Dan on Twitter at DanTheVTMan97. He's also on ESPN Blacksburg. You can listen to him on his SoundCloud. So moving right along with the show, Duke gets upset by Uh, Stephen F. Austin, another ACC team, but on the losing end against Stephen F. Austin. Stephen Um, A. Smith. (laughs) <laughs> Stephen A. Smith, <laughs> but uh, yeah, a lot of upsets early. Um, do you, do you have sort of a prediction on how this season is gonna go for the ACC and other conferences with all these upsets happening early? Well, I I think the good thing is that these upsets are are happening early, and these teams have time to rebound and recover. We're only six games, five six games into the season right now. Um, 
I, I still think the ACC is the strongest conference. Um, not as strong as it was last year or the year before, but I still think as far as you know, dynamic talent's concerned, obviously Duke, North Carolina are those two teams that a lot of people are going to be chasing. But um, I, I think the ACC is, is, is really good from top to bottom, and you can't really say that with every conference. Now, there are some teams at the bottom that obviously are not the greatest, but, I mean, they're – it's probably it's it's got to be the toughest conference in college basketball, and I think it's been true for years. Um, so I think the ACC will be fine. Um, you know, obviously Kentucky lost earlier in the earlier in the season two in the first game, I think against Evansville. So you know, you talk about a lot of early upsets. This, the, these might be some of the craziest upsets at the beginning of the season that I've seen in my lifetime watching college basketball. So it's it's strange, but I think there's still time. And look, I mean. Not only do you have a whole regular season left, you, of course, we all know Duke's going to be in the tournament. We all know they're going to be a high seed, and they'll probably make it to you know the Elite Eight at least. So um, that's just the kind of talent they have and depth they have every season. So I'm not worried about Duke. I'm not worried about the ACC. I think it'll be fine. Um, but it certainly is surprising <laughs> to see it this early on in the season and to see Duke fall at home. You know, to a team. I'm not in sure. In overtime. In overtime. Off a breakaway. Yep. Layup. Br- breakaway layup. Yeah, if As I, time expired. Yeah. That, if that's I'm, gutsy, man. That's gutsy I'm to take correct, to drive it to the rim in that case. If I'm correct, he stole the ball from a Duke player and just drove it down to the rim. As time yeah, expired. I think it was either an intercepted pass or like a free of the ball was poked away. Um, but yeah, and and you know, I think he made the layup with you know, 0.3 seconds left. I mean, that's that's extremely gutsy to me because I think so many players in basketball want to pull that three with time running out. They want, you know, they want the big shot. So for that guy to drive in and, and make that layup with less than a second left is incredible. And, you know, it just goes to show you that college sports is just unbelievable. Yeah. You never know. You in never know. In football so. and basketball, you yeah, never know. Exactly. So exactly. backtracking now to college football, um, I know I have been slacking and not really t- been talking about it much, but we have uh, the top 25 rankings for week 14, and Alabama's number five. Yes. It, it's a dream come true for me because every year you see Alabama in the top two. Yeah. Yeah, and um, it's great that they're down there. I hope they stay down there. Yeah, the top five right now: Ohio State, who's looking red hot. Red hot. Um, LSU, they beat Alabama. Clemson is, and Georgia. So LSU's two, right? Yeah, LSU. How how is LSU two. number not number one? Uh, good question. In that in that we could make a whole nother episode. Yeah. On the selection committee that's and how just, stupid that's they are. That's baffling to me. And it's only four teams in a playoff for a chance. At a national championship, when you look yeah. at UCF in their yeah. undefeated season, I'm backtracking. I, I, I don't know much about college football. I, I've honestly stopped watching it because of the selection committee. But I've been it's saying ridiculous. this before: yeah. they need to expand the playoffs. Yeah. They need a better system. I mean, even if you had eight teams, you could get all Power Five champions, uh, conference champions, in that, and then three at-large teams. That leaves a team like UCF who was from a smaller conference but who was undefeated and who complained and whined and cried that they weren't in it. Um, and, of course, this season they lost they, – they um, oh, crap, who did they lose to? They had a really bad loss at home to somebody that was not very good. So we can finally tell them to shut up because they don't belong in the college football playoff and they proved it. 
Yeah. Um, and Virginia Tech makes their mark with a 24 ranking after week 14. Yeah. They're, they're on pace for a really good bowl bid. Yeah. And Consecutive bowl streak is still alive. Not is. bowl win, bowl streak. Right. Well, because they lost... To Cincinnati. They lost Cincinnati last year, which they were behind most of the game, fought back, but didn't have enough in the tank. So, um, And if they, if they beat Clemson, they're really looking at a good bowl. They're looking at the... Probably the Orange Bowl, but even even if they lose to Clemson, I, I think you still have a shot at the Orange Bowl or, or you know a decently high bowl. So we'll see, um, but because um, I think the ACC winner automatically qualifies for the Orange Bowl. That's how that works. But obviously, if Clemson wins, they're they're going to be in the college football playoffs, so it's not going to matter anyway. Yeah. So um, so big turn for Virginia Tech, nonetheless. Yeah, and this this there, there's no other way they'd want this game to be set up on 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 Friday. Um, you know, f- it's for the Coastal Division. It's against UVA, their most hated rival. Um, a team which they've beaten 15 consecutive years. The stars are aligning right now for Virginia Tech. They they just have to put the noise in in the back of their minds right now and just focus on the task at hand. And you know that 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 UVA offense has been pretty solid this year. They've they've but they've had their fair share of bumps too. Um, they've lost to some bad teams, and they've had some really bad games. So, um, so, so is Virginia Tech, but not not here in the last month, really. I mean, they really haven't played much bad football, um, which has been incredible. It's been an incredible turnaround, and you know Justin Fuente deserves a ton of credit. Also, they brought in that assistant coach, Jerry Kill. He's made a big difference, I think, with the scheming and the way the offense runs things, and he's had a lot of input, too, so... That's one of those things that is kind of over, overlooked and overshadowed, but that certainly has made a big difference. And, of course, Bud Foster's defense has just been unbelievable. Oh, yeah, Bud Foster. Unbelievable. They, they will miss Bud Foster next oh, year, there's, I guarantee it. There's no doubt, man. He's a, He and Frank Beamer, I'm not going to say he's more important than Frank Beamer for the football program or for the Virginia Tech athletics in general, but he's definitely up there. He's probably he's probably near Frank Beamer's level, I'd yeah, say, as it, far as legend is concerned. Yeah, Bud Foster is going to be joining Frank Beamer on the morning walks on the That's campus. That's right, walking uh, his dog uh, his dog Hank. So Frank's dog is named Hank. It's so funny, man. Yeah. Anyway. Yeah, so that, that's sort of a college football look. Did you want to talk about any other games? Uh, um, do you have any? I mean, I, I, I watched quite a bit of the uh, Penn State Ohio State, and I, I think back and forth football game. That's all I. That's all I heard. I was following that well, sort of. It, it tends to be Fox on big noon Saturday is very yeah. biased to Ohio State because well, Urban big, Meyer yeah. is on their uh, broadcast. Team. Oh yeah, he's he's annoying, man. Yeah, it, it's like every week you see a promo for um. Ohio State and like Big Noon Saturday is live from Ohio State and like weren't you just live there in the last week? I feel like, yeah, I feel like, I feel like they go to Columbus like every two weeks or something like that. I mean, I know Ohio State's the best team in their conference, but come on. But give but. it to another channel if you want. I mean, seriously, yeah, be like ESPN's College Game Day and go to a different school each go to, week. Go to an FCS school. That's what they did a couple weeks back. They went to North Dakota State. They've been no, to North, JMU. North Dakota State. Unbelievable. That's another team They're in the FCS school. side, but... We we can't spend too much time on the FCS, but no, I, I, JMU I wasn't. I wasn't. JMU is looking pretty decent yeah, as well. In the top 10. Probably gonna get into the playoffs, but NDSU seems to come out of the FCS pretty much every single year. 
they've won a lot of championships, man. Um, and that's that's the playoff system. I think that's a little too big the way the FCS does it because I'm not sure how many teams they have, but it's it's much more robust than the college football playoff. But that's another conversation you can have for another podcast. Yeah. you could talk about. I definitely how they agree. Could, how they could change it, but I I think eight teams is the way to go. Anyway, getting back to Penn State, um, you know Ohio State really dominated for the first half and for part of the third quarter. And then you know Penn State made it a, made it a one possession game, scored seventeen unanswered in the, or seventeen points in the third quarter, um, but Ohio State answered um, late in the third and then in the fourth again to put it away. So you know I, I you know Ohio State's just just unbelievable, and they can they can score at will. They have a lot of talent. So I still think Penn State's a really solid team. They're going to get a pretty good bowl at the end of this season, and uh, you know we'll see how things shape up for them. I, I I personally like Penn State. I don't really have a problem with them. So, And if I have to pick someone in the Big Ten, I'm definitely going to pick them. So, Anyway, yeah, that's the, that's really the game that I thought was interesting. The rest of the games were rather boring, let's be honest. I mean, they were either blowouts or, or Alabama played, um, let me see, Yeah, who played a cupcake play? team. Who did they play? Yeah, a cupcake team. Sixty-six to three, they won. I remember the score. Sixty, man, without Tua, that's easy. A cupcake team. And ESPN had Tua on there. It was like Tua Tagovailoa, five touchdown passes. I'm like, yeah, he's, he's in a hospital injured. bed, yeah. so he's not playing. But yeah, Tua, but. Tua's probably not going to get that number one first round this year. I think he's staying behind after that injury. He might, yeah, he might stay at least through next year. He might play a little mm-hmm. bit for Alabama, but. I think he's already solidified himself as a, a top ten pick as it is, um, but yeah, I I don't I, I just don't know how healthy he'll be even by April. It's just mm-hmm. that's a terrible injury. It's tough to come back from, you know. As we've heard a thousand times, it ended Bo Jackson's career, and I think we mentioned that on this on this high quality sports podcast. Um, <laughs> yeah. But- so yeah. Yeah. yeah, we'll see. That's that's an interesting situation, and of course, I I know we'll cover that. You know, we have five five months until the draft, so that's going to come up a lot, I'm sure, down the line. Yep. So that that's enough of college football, Agreed. Dan, for um a podcast. But just wanted to give you a small little update since we can't really provide you the best college football talk, but that's just some of our talks. So moving right along to this past week in NFL action week number 12 um uh, hard to believe uh, yeah hard to believe flying by. no doubt but there weren't really that many good games the good games I want to talk about um starting Thursday night the Texans and the Colts in a shootout what? yeah that was a good game yeah yeah I mean it was crazy the Colts seemed to find a way to stay close in each game in my opinion, and uh, the Texans just had the upper hand. This was just a battle of two very good football teams, and the Texans came away with the win. A win, excuse me, and not really that many shattering stats, but yeah, j- just a really back and forth football game, and that's the kind of game you gotta watch out for because it's one of the best to watch. Yeah, and that division is so interesting, with especially with those two teams being so up and down. Um, I think the difference for you know the Texans was how well Deshaun Watson played, even with the interception. You know, he threw for almost three hundred yards, and and two scores. So, you know, 
he seems to he seems to thrive in those big game situations when they need a win. He seems to be the kind of guy that can go out there and get it. Usually, um, not 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 against the Ravens, but I'm not going to bash him for that. Um, but uh, you know, Jacoby Brissett. Um, I guess this was his second game back from injury. Uh-huh. So he's probably he's probably just starting to come back, just starting to get back in the groove of things. He, you know, he didn't have any touchdowns, didn't have any interceptions. So I mean, you can't expect him to come out there and you know light it up. So um, I think the Colts still have a quarterback for the future, though, and obviously the Texans do. But those two teams are going to slug it out, I think, for that division. And they're, they're going to do it for the next few years because the Jaguars aren't don't look very competitive. Um, the Titans are so inconsistent. And I, I just think that leaves the door open for the Colts and Texans to just slug it out like, like they did on Thursday night, which was one of the best games of – one of the closest and best games um, of, of the weekend for sure. Yeah, so um, 20-17 to 17 Houston over Indianapolis in that Thursday night um, game. The Sunday 1 o'clock matchups, Tampa Bay defeats Atlanta, ends their two-game winning streak, 35-22. to 22. Buffalo over Denver, 20-3. to 3. Chicago in the New York Giants. Wow, I, I, I thought the Giants would have played a little bit better. They're, but they're terrible. Yeah. Uh, uh, against the Bears, who have not been looking that good either. What it, is it with Saquon Barkley this year, man? He's just been so trash. Yeah, like, I compared mean, to what he fifty nine yards compared to what he was last year, and he has been. You know, I I think they're putting all the pressure on Daniel Jones to do everything on the offense, unlike when it was Saquon's offense. Um, it, it, you could blame the offensive line, but you know he's he's. A, He's supposed to be playing better than that. And the Bears aren't very good either compared to where they were last year when they were a playoff team. Uh, the double doink, of course, ended their, uh, their season. <laughs> they still cannot find a kicker, though. It's ridiculous, yeah, man. Yeah, I know. So. Um, Pittsburgh over Cincinnati. This is one I wanted to talk about. Mason Rudolph gets benched. Um, 85 yards and an interception gets replaced with Devlin Hodges. Devlin you, Hodges. Uh, you, uh, it was a close game, but you may think the Bengals would probably take that momentum of their quarterback getting benched to probably win the game, but no. Devlin Hodges, 118 yards and a touchdown in that 16-10 um, to 10 victory over the Cincinnati Bengals. Yeah, and that's you know that's a that's a situation where. You know, you kind of go with the the quarterback who could be the future of the franchise. You know, I, I, I think they're still trying to figure out that out. Obviously, it's not something you figure out overnight. But, yeah, Devlin Hodge just plays well. And the thing I noticed, because I, I watched the highlights, he just he doesn't force the ball. He doesn't force the ball. If it's not there, he's either going to try to, you know, get out of the pocket and, and get rid of the ball or, or just he's smart with the football, which is something that Mason Rudolph, obviously, in the last three games – uh, that he started, he 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 just you know <laughs> he couldn't stop throwing interceptions. So there comes a point when you know Mike Tomlin realizes, look, our season is over. Basically, why don't we go with this this young kid who a lot of people don't know and see how he plays? And I look, I know it's Cincinnati. You know they're they're now zero and eleven, but that's still a big win for for a young quarterback. I, th- I I'm not I don't think Devlin Hodges is a rookie, but he might be like a second year player. I know he's fairly young, so um, you know the crazy thing about it is Cincinnati has decent talent. I mean, 
you know, they have Boyd, they have, you know, the tight end Boyd, of course, you know, A.J. Green, who I think has been hurt on and off this year. He's missed some time. But it's, you know, it's it's not like they have a bunch of nobodies. Like, there's no reason they should be 0-11. And it's just pathetic. It's, it, it, really, it really is pathetic. And, you know, maybe maybe they should bring Andy Dalton back. You know, they benched him, but, you know, Ryan Finley's not playing much better right now. Yeah, and uh, going back to the Steelers, they might be trying to find that next quarterback just in case Ben Roethlisberger goes because, you know, he is I out for the season. And I think they're preparing for the future without yeah. him. I mean, you have to. He's been in the league for 15 years. Yeah, he's, he's getting had, pretty old. He's had a lot of – he's had a, quite a quite a few season-ending injuries, and especially this last one is really bad. I, I think you got to start looking towards the future. So, Yeah, and – um. Yeah, that's about all for that game. 16 to 10 Pittsburgh over Cincinnati. How about the Redskins finally getting a win? But Hallelujah. Oh my gosh. But the scored it all in the first half, too. <laughs> Probably kept you on the edge of your seat throughout the third and fourth quarter. Yeah, huh? Jeff Driscoll sucked. Three interceptions that game against a terrible Redskins defense. I mean, that that's this is the classic battle of the low balls or whatever, like battle of two right. terrible teams to make it close. The Lions <laughs> should have won this game in all aspects. The Redskins did not look good at all. I mean, uh, before this game, they had some decent stuff. Uh, Dwayne Haskins. Um, didn't throw a touchdown, one interception, but um, had 156 yards. Um, he was very inaccurate throwing the ball. That's not very good. Yeah, yeah. That's... It, it it was it he wasn't really good, but there was a glimmer of hope because he played a full game. Um, Darius Geis. Well, was he in played there. All, almost a full game, minus about three or four seconds. Uh, <laughs> yeah, well, we'll get into that. But uh, Darius Geis got in there. Adrian Peterson got in there. Dwayne Haskins had 28 rush yards. Um, Terry McLaurin, he played decent. Kelvin Harmon, he played decent. Steven Sims muffed a kickoff return, took it to the house. That was crazy. But, that is crazy, man. But for the Lions to lose against the then one and nine Washington Redskins, that just goes to show you how terrible the Lions are becoming. <laughs> they're really bad, and you know, without Matt Stafford, they're not going to beat anybody. Um, he pretty much carries them when he plays, and they they don't really have anybody around him right now, especially. Um, you know the the Lions defense. I couldn't name three players in the Lions defense right now, Josh. Mm-hmm. Um, but you know, I think for the Redskins, obviously, it's a great moral win. They needed it. Um, but yeah, the Lions are just about as bad as advertised. Probably worse than every, than a lot of people thought. Um, I actually didn't get a chance to watch that game. Normally, I watch the Skins play, but um. Yeah, so I was out of town. So, so going back to Dwayne Haskins and um, wow, the um Dwayne Haskins, he is young, he is a rookie, yes, but they could not find him after that last interception to take the kneel down. I was out and about and I saw, well, uh, wait, why is Case Keenum coming in? Because I was following it on my phone and they brought Case Keenum in because they couldn't find. Dwayne Haskins. He was over 
on in the stands taking selfies with fans yeah, basically that's a terrible look i know it, it's terrible that yeah it's terrible that you have a young quarterback and he's not going to finish the game i know it was only the last play and you take a kneel down but it's very unprofessional when a coach goes looking for you and like yeah you would never be able to do that at like the high school or college level i would say you know like like a, a football game before the last snap, all the players going over talking the fan. I mean, it it's sort of like that, but just one player, and that happened to be the young starting quarterback. Um, in my opinion, it was a bad look altogether. But you know, the Redskins are two and nine. It's not like they're going to the Super Bowl or anything like that. But yeah, still, um, he's got to be more professional about it finish the whole game, then do what he has to do. Yeah, I agree. And, yeah. you know, it, he also didn't play well, so that kind of adds another level to it, too. I know the Redskins won. They almost didn't, like you said. They should have lost. Um, but, you know, he's kind of like... He's kind of saying that he's okay by with playing poorly, you, you know, j- as long as the team wins. Which I guess, you know, at, at the end of the day, it's all about... You know, getting those team wins for most players. But, yeah, that's that's the part that really gets me. Now, if he would thrown for, like, five touchdowns or four touchdown passes, no interceptions, and he would have had a little bit of a celebration before the game ended, I get that. But you don't do it when you when the offense has the ball, number one. And you, do, and you, don't, you don't do it when there's still time on the clock. I mean, those are two obvious rules that 99% of football fans know and understand. And people who play football especially understand that. It's uh, it's insane. Um, but I know I don't, it's not the end of the world at the same time. So I think a lot of people who think that you know it's it's somewhere in the middle. But it's it's certainly not a good look, especially for a team right now that's two and nine, and whose you know GM keeps saying they have a damn good culture. They don't. They don't. They don't have a good culture at all. Yeah. You know, and we saw what happened the week before with Dwayne Haskins yelling at his offensive line, and. That's not a good culture. So, um, it starts from the top and works its way down. I've said this before on this show, and you know that's that, that's kind of a reflection of what the Redskins have have become. Really, they've become okay with media with mediocrity, honestly. Yeah, but uh, Dwayne Haskins, he just has to learn. Um, he's young, and you I, know, I'm assuming he's, he's still going to be the future yeah. of the franchise for the time being quotation marks while they build around him or they try to build around him yeah but uh redskins how about them but uh, i'm not (laughs) i i was expecting a loss i was surprised they won but it was a game they shouldn't have won yeah all right moving on we have cleveland beating miami 41 to 24 not a surprise in that one a shootout new orleans beats carolina it looked like carolina had a chance to upset New Orleans, and that would have been pretty um, interesting if that did happen. Yeah. Um, Carolina still looking good. Kyle Allen. Kyle Allen was sharp, dude. Yeah, he's putting up great numbers for the Panthers. And Drew Brees, over 300 yards with only an interception and three touchdowns. So it was a shootout on both sides of the football, but New Orleans took the win 34-31 to in that one. Yeah, that was that was a fun game. I was I was, you know, trying to pay attention to that one as much as I could. DJ Moore was fantastic. Six catches, 126 yards, two touchdowns. 
he and Kyle Allen seem to have quite the connection right now, and and we'll see if that uh, if if they continue to build on that. And Drew Brees threw a pick. Oh my God! Seriously? No, I'm just kidding. <laughs> He's human after all. Um, but you know the Saints, the Saints just are loaded with talent from from top to bottom on both sides of the ball. And honestly, the Panthers should have should have won that football game. Um, they make you know one more play. Obviously, you lose by three. You know, you make one more play, and you pretty much have have the win. So, that's that's kind of a victory too for you know for the Panthers, um, especially the way they played the last couple weeks, um, especially last week after getting blown out at home, going on the road and playing the Saints that way is 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 really special. And I think Kyle Allen sh- shows, continue to show, is continuing to show that he can be the quarterback of the future. Um, he's not always going to play lights out, you know. <laughs> Obviously, he's he's had some some growing pains, but that's going to happen with a young quarterback, um, it like like it does with Dwayne Haskins and every other quarterback. So, I think the Panthers. I just think they need they need help on defense more than more than anything, and I I hope they they do that in the draft. So, um, but the Saints, I mean, they're they're the number they're the number two seed right now and they're probably going to stay there unless something drastic changes in the NFC side of the playoff picture so nothing more needs to be said about them because they have they they're the Saints I mean they're there every season so and Drew Brees is Drew Brees he's just unbelievable uh yeah I couldn't agree more with that so moving on the New York Jets route the Oakland Raiders and Derek Carr gets pulled in place of Mike Glennon um was it called for in that situation? Yeah, he was playing poor, man. I, you know, but that's Gruden's guy, man. Yeah. That Derek Carr kid's a grinder. <laughs> he loved Derek Carr, man. <laughs> How's my John Gruden impression? Oh, I've been working on it. Oh, my God. Anyway. Yeah. Their, their season is pretty is, is pretty much trashed now. Um. Well, but what does this mean moving forward? Are they just going with Mike Glennon, or I, is it a week by week thing? This is John Gruden. You just don't know what what he's gonna do. You know, you just don't know. Um, Derek Carr's been the guy for them for so long. I would be surprised if one bad performance puts him on puts him in the doghouse. You know, because every quarterback has a bad game now and then. But sometimes quarterbacks or players that are playing poorly need to be benched just to, to light a spark under them, to, to get them started again. So, um, obviously, going forward, we'll find out if, if Derek Carr has that spark and has that motivation to play better. And, um, yeah. How about, you know, Josh Jacobs, man? 10 rushes, 34 yards. I mean, they put all the pressure on Derek Carr, whoever the quarterback is. Obviously, it was Mike Glennon, but I mean, that's ridiculous. I mean, you can't you you can't run for thirty four yards and expect to win. I don't care if you have Patrick Mahomes. Yeah, you know. So I've beat it like a dead horse. You have to have a running game. You can't be one. You have to pound the rock. The exactly, exactly. And yeah. as much as the NFL has become a passing league, and it certainly has. I mean, the best teams can still run the football. You know, that's that's just how it's been. Yeah, so um, moving on to another shocker. Seattle um, beats Philadelphia 17-9. to 
Philadelphia did not look like the Philadelphia Eagles at all. Carson Wentz, 256 yards with two interceptions. Russell Wilson, 200 yards with a touchdown and an interception in that game. Rashad Penny, over 100 yards rushing in that game, but Seattle, their top rusher was Miles Sanders. I think it comes down to, in this situation, the Eagles' run game because they've had some injuries. Darren Sproles, he's likely on IR out for the season, but... The the Eagles are one game under five hundred. Is it time to push the panic button for Philly? I'd say yeah, and you know I, I'd venture to say that the that the offense has really played poorly all most of the season, especially these last three, these last three games. You go back to the game against you know the Patriots, and it was this yeah. it was pretty practically the same exact thing happened that mm-hmm. happened on Sunday against Seattle. Carson Wentz just couldn't take advantage of any opportunities. Um, and then you put all the pressure on your defense, and you can't expect you can't expect to stop Russell Wilson all the time. He's going to make some plays on you. And honestly, he didn't even play that well either. So, you know, I think the Eagles' concern is their offense and has been for some time. And it's not just Carson Wentz, of course, but he's getting paid a lot of money, and he's not he hasn't proven anything. He hasn't proven anything to anybody. So that's a huge concern going forward. Also, Miles Sanders, who's on my fantasy team, has just been so inconsistent, um, and hasn't you know hasn't been able to get hasn't been able to get going. So they they have talent, obviously with Ertz. Ertz is the go to guy for them, uh, receiving wise. Um, it's just Wentz just has to. I I don't know what he has to do. Um, maybe he needs to get benched. Maybe maybe that's what it's going to take. You know, the Eagles season obviously is in the can just like a lot of these other teams we've talked about for making the playoffs. They're five and six right now. I guess it's not technically in the can. They could win out, but let's be honest. The way they're playing, it's not gonna happen. Yeah, and yeah, I've said this almost every week. It's gonna be a race in the division between the Cowboys and the Eagles. For sure. Yeah. For sure. That that that's all I have to say about that. And moving on. New England and Dallas. Dallas drops to six and five, and yeah, there were they some, lose when they they lose when they play good teams. Yeah, and there were some questionable um, officiating mm-hmm. calls. Yeah. Um, not sure if you want to weigh in on that, but I didn't really see a trip, and I didn't th- see anything. I, yeah. I don't know what that that was. There but, was two of them called. There yeah. were three of them in the game. Two against the Cowboys. Yeah, I I'm not sure if that was a. And there's been four called all season. Just just for reference. Yeah, I'm not sure if that was a game decision penalty. Like, it, it certainly you know played a I big mean. role. Yeah, it certainly played a big role. Yeah, and uh, I mean, it was a sloppy, wet game. Kickers were missing kicks. It was the typical rainy day where you're trying to cover the football, not make mistakes. Um, and if we can look in the stats, I mean, it was mostly run games. All- yeah. Run game all around in the Gotta, rain. You have to pound the rock in, yeah. in the weather like that. Uh, you, you can't really throw. Dak Prescott was re- wearing a glove trying to get a grip on the football. It's hard to get a grip on the football. On a wet football, the, especially. Yeah, in, in the, the rain. Yep. Yeah, exactly. so um, yep. next game, Tennessee and Jacksonville. Yeah, I mean, this was a given, 42-20. to 20. I, I knew Tennessee would win, but a shocker. 
Sunday night, San Francisco beats Green Bay, proves to 10 and 1 on the season, 37 to 8. 37 to 8. I was very surprised about the score. I thought this would be more of an evenly matched game. Aaron Rodgers gets held to 104 yards passing. Yeah, the Packers offense My never goodness. they just never got going. Rodgers never got going. You know, drive after drive, I think I expected to see the Aaron Rodgers of all season show up. You know what I mean? It just never happened for him and he just the the 49ers are just a darn good football team right now. Not just right now, they've been great all season and of course the matchup we have against them this Sunday is going to be our hardest matchup. Oh as yeah. Well. Um that, you, that's going to be one to watch for, for sure. Yeah, that's that's a possible Super Bowl preview, too. So, You never know. You never know. You never know. So, Garoppolo played extremely well again. 253 yards, two touchdowns. Packers defense is about the same as they've been in the past few years. They're not dominant. They're an average defense. And they, but they just couldn't slow down the, the the 49ers attack. Not not only Garoppolo, but you know George Kittle's six receptions, buck a buck twenty nine, and a touchdown it was fantastic. And like you know, like I said, the the Packers just never got going. And by the time they scored a touchdown, it was in the third quarter, and they were already getting trounced by that point. So yeah. it was thirty to eight. It, it was thirty to eight at that point before uh, the 49ers made that final score. So. Um, yeah, Packers were getting shut out at halftime. The offense yeah. wasn't moving. But it was 23 nothing at halftime. I was still very surprised, though, because yeah. it is the Green Bay Packers. I was shocked it was 23 nothing at halftime. That I just mean, goes to show you San Francisco's the real deal. They are. They're, yeah. a Super Bowl, they're a Super Bowl contender. There's no doubt about it. Yeah. So our Monday night game, um, I guess I'm just going to let you talk about this. Um, this was a route of the Los Angeles Rams, the Baltimore Ravens put up 45 compared to the Rams, six. Uh, what do you have to say about that one? Lamar Jackson can throw the football. I'm so sick of week after week people saying he's he's not a, he's not a great quarterback. He he can't throw the football. He's not a pocket passer. Shut up. Okay. The he was stats don't lie. Numbers Five don't lie. 15 to 20, 169 yards. And by the way, that it was that was uh, forty five fantasy points on CBS, which I don't play <sighs> CBS, but that's a lot of fantasy points for one player. In comparison, fantasy, oh my. in comparison, Jared Goff had four fantasy points for CBS. And Hollywood um, Brown had a pretty good game as well. Unbelievable, yeah. Um, you know, five catches, forty two yards. Of course, the two touchdowns. Um, he, he's been fantastic all season. But the Ravens just have a ton of weapons for Lamar to throw to, and this is something that they have not had for years. I can't remember a time where they've had this many weapons on the field at one time. Of course, having Mark Ingram has really helped too. Um, that was a huge signing for them. I'm glad they were, able to, they were able to get him. Of course, he finished with over 100 yards and a touchdown as well. Um, but the Ravens just... I just I Josh I didn't see a forty-five to six game coming. I thought the game would be a lot closer, and um, it's just it seems like every week they they play better than the week before. They blow out a, a team more the from than the week before, and they're to say they're hot right now is an understatement. I think they're the hottest team in football. 
and nobody wants to play him, maybe except the 49ers. It's going to be but, it's going to be a challenge against San Francisco, no doubt about it. Oh yeah, I totally agree. Um of course, you know, they had a very similar win to ours where they just blew out the Packers. Um, the difference was we were on the road, which that's why I thought it was going to be tougher for us. Um, but L- Lamar can throw the football, and I, I'm so sick of people saying that he can't. That's my overall thing with this. He only threw it 20 times, but you don't have to throw it 50 times, especially when you have a great running back like like Mark Ingram. You know, there, there's no... There's no um, reason that you have to throw it that many times with a guy like Lamar. So I I'm excited. They're nine and two. I've never seen an an offense that they've had that's been this talented before. And I'm just amazed every week. And I think that's how I would describe my my uh overall set uh sentiment from this game and just all season. Yeah. So that about wraps up our week twelve recap. Very exciting week, but yet again some Pretty bad games on. Four teams with a bye week. uh, The Cardinals, the Chargers, the Chiefs, and the Minnesota Vikings, which really hit me hard because the Minnesota Vikings, I have Kirk Cousins, who is an asset in my fantasy football league. But nonetheless, uh, week 12 has been wrapped up. Um, I said this earlier, Jason Kamlowski is off, so fantasy football files will not be happening, but still we are taking a quick break, and we'll be right back. You're listening to the Josh Kirby on Sports Podcast. The Josh Kirby on Sports Podcast, part of the Mayo Please Podcast Network, is sponsored by Route 11 Chips. Make sure you grab a bag today inside your local Martins, Food Lion, and Giant stores. And our new sponsor and fellow sports fans at PM Plus Reserves, providing reserve studies for homeowner and condominium associations in the Washington metropolitan area for the past 30 years. Make sure you check us out on all streaming platforms via the Mayo Please and the Josh Kirby on Sports podcast. You can also find the Josh Kirby on Sports podcast on Facebook, Twitter, and Instagram, along with the Mayo Please on Twitter. Have any questions for the show? Feel free to shoot us an email at kirbyonsports at gmail.com. All right, we are back on Dan Dembski. I'm Josh Kirby, and we have another exciting segment for you. It's Thanksgiving time, uh, probably the second most wonderful time of the year um, that behind Christmas season, but... You know, still pretty great time getting into the holidays. You got family, friends, food, and football. Are Are you excited for Thanksgiving, dude? I'm so excited, dude. That the turkey and mashed potatoes. I mean, you can't beat mashed potatoes, gravy, and turkey, and watching football, dude. Don't forget about pumpkin pie and everything. Oh, else. pumpkin pie, yes, oh one of my, my favorites. Every Everything about Thanksgiving is great, and we have three. Wonderful Thursday games. We have three helpings, three sides, yeah. and also three desserts. Yeah, that was that was that, that was lame. I'm sorry. <laughs> no, you got the dinner, the dessert, and the football. Doesn't get much better than that. Yeah, it does not. Sit down with your family, eat some turkey, the pumpkin pie, the chocolate, the whatever you have. It's just a whole spread. Um, any specific traditions you all have for Thanksgiving, Dan? Nothing that's like specific to my family. I think most a lot of families do the same thing, you know. Um, we usually have the game on like in the background or the games wh- whoever's playing. Obviously Dallas 
Dallas usually plays. Detroit usually plays on Thanksgiving. Yeah, Detroit, Chicago, Dallas, Buffalo, and New Orleans and Atlanta. Dallas and Buffalo is that's going to be that's a good matchup. Interesting to see how Dallas will fare. Anyway, we usually have it on in the background during dinner, and then we all sort of get around, sit around, and watch football. Those who are interested, obviously, not everyone in my family is a huge football fan. Do like you I stay am. local or go? Out yeah, there? my sister's hosting, and she lives here in Stephen City, so um, we just my family generally is from is just comes from around this area so they don't have to travel too far well that's fine um, that's fine you know nothing yeah. wrong with that you know i i travel down to my grandmother's house she usually go to family members house but thanksgiving you know it's uh that time of the year i mean like right after thanksgiving is like christmas is it's right insane. around the corner yeah it's crazy it's, yeah it's pretty much like it it, it it gets here quick. Uh-huh. Gets, I mean, Thanksgiving's gotten here already. It's pretty like quick. right after Thanksgiving so. ends, you're on to Christmas music. Black Black Friday. Black Friday is where, really deals. where it begins. Yeah. Oh my gosh. Yes, sir. So holiday season kicking in, but the Thanksgiving slate of games: twelve thirty p.m. on Fox, the Chicago Bears and the Detroit Lions, a rivalry. Who knows if it's going to be good or not with two very bad teams. It might be a close game because it's in the division. But that one at 1230, then uh, two of the best games on the slate, 430, Buffalo and Dallas. That's going to be a really good game. Yeah, um, I'm, exci- I'm excited for that they, one. They're going to keep it close. I, I, I fully expect a great football game out of this one, plus a division matchup at 820. New Orleans and Atlanta. Yeah, that's a good one too. Yeah, so have some turkey, watch some football, enjoy Thursday, and then when we have the next set of Sunday games would be in December. December first. Crazy man. Yeah, yeah. It's nuts. We're almost in December. We're it's almost twenty twenty, folks. But anyways, um, we have the 1 o'clock slates on Sunday, New York and Cincinnati. That's the Jets. Tennessee and Indianapolis, San Francisco and Baltimore at 1 o'clock on Fox. That's one to really look out for. If you do not get that game, find a way to get Sunday ticket and watch it. Tampa Bay and Jacksonville, Philadelphia and Miami, Green Bay and the New York Giants, Cleveland and Pittsburgh, Ooh, Washington and Carolina. Uh, Los Angeles Rams at the Arizona Cardinals, Oakland and Kansas City, the Chargers and the Broncos, the New England Patriots and the Houston Texans, and Monday night, Minnesota in Seattle. So, any ones you're looking out for on Sunday or Monday as a close game? Well, outside of my team playing, obviously I've talked about that before, um... Obviously, Bills, Cowboy. Well, that's not Sunday. Sorry, I. Yeah, that was Thanksgiving. We were just talking sorry. about. I thought that. you were talking about the technical whole... foul. Yeah, I thought you were talking about the whole the whole. No, just uh, just for Sunday, since um, we discussed Thursday already. I, Browns and Steelers. I think most people are going to be interested in that game, um, with you know all the violence you could call it that took place the last time these two teams played. And that that just, seemed like just two weeks ago. It was. It was two weeks ago. That's they played two weeks apart. Turnaround. Yeah. Yeah. That, so that's that might be very interesting because Miles Garrett is out, but still who's gonna get hot and 
if there's going to be a fight or something, you know. Well, and and you have to wonder if the reason they went to Devlin Hodges was because of that. I don't know. It's it's a debatable thing. Anyway, I'm interested to see that game, um, just to see how much those two teams still hate each other, uh, <laughs> and see if any of the blad but blad ha tongue twister bad blood My has gosh. spilled over. Supposedly, they were supposed to send uh, letters to both teams, the the commissioner, and say, look, you, and send it to the owners of the teams and say, you got to keep these teams in line because they don't they don't want a big fight to break out for obvious reasons. Um, and Titans-Colts is interesting to me. Both teams 6-5, and five, both trying to get into the playoff hunt right now. Um, that's a big game for both those teams. Whoever wins that game has got a pretty good advantage. Um and really can still win the division either way. Um, so that's an inter- interesting game to me. And then also one that may be a little unconventional but is interesting as far as the Sunday games. Raiders, The Raiders travel to Kansas City, travel to Arrowhead to take on the Chiefs. That's an interesting game. Um, Derek Carr, obviously he's not played well the last few weeks, hence his benching. And, you know, Patrick Mahomes, we haven't heard much from him recently um, since he's come back from injury. So we'll see if uh, if if they can uh, they can win. I, I think the Raiders have a shot, honestly, um, to win that game. They almost won. I feel like the, the first time they played, I have to look real fast. Let me type that in. The first time they played, I feel like it was close. Um, yeah, but w- with Patrick Mahomes, you haven't really seen much. The Chiefs are 7-4 and four now. Could this be a potential upset i i couldn't really see it happening since the raiders just benched Derek Carr and all that drama but still could it happen the nfl's weird though and this this is the kind of script that sets itself up i mean um you know the chiefs are going to lose some bad games we know that mm-hmm. and patrick mahomes has had some bad losses um but if they do lose, it's going to be like some freak play at the end of the game where the Raiders score and take you know a two-point lead to win the game or a three-point lead to win the game. It's not going to be like a blowout. Um, so that's probably the last Sunday game that I'm interested in um, outside of Pats and Texans, which we'll see what the Texans are made of and we'll see what the Pats are made of. That's the bottom line. And that's another big playoff implication game and another seeding, especially play, uh, Im- implication game. So yeah. other than that, man... Most of the other games are pretty lame. So, <laughs> am I still going to tune are the in? Good games. Am I still going to tune in? Absolutely, I yep. love football, and we'll get a chance to see some good football starting on the big turkey day tomorrow and continuing throughout the throughout the weekend. So I, I'm excited. I I cannot wait either. So that's a week 13 preview starting on Thanksgiving Day. If you're listening to this recording, we are recording. Wednesday the 27th, so it would be tomorrow, but wherever you are, I hope you and your families have a very safe and happy Thanksgiving. Um, it's always a pleasure having you on, Dan, as well. We're very, and we're very thankful for the fans, for the people who listen listen to us and, and give us great comments. Josh, I've heard a lot of people tell me, and I don't know if I've told you this, but yeah, I've heard your, your buddy's podcast, it's really good. So, just just keep doing doing what you're doing, man. It's it's gone really well, and and um, you know we're again we're thankful for all the listeners, all the people who yeah. who tune in and pay attention on social media. It really really means a lot to us. Yeah, yeah. One thing I'm really thankful for is this podcast and how much 
it has helped me because I love sports and I, I used to be a blogger, you know, and I was like, I, I just want to start a podcast. It was all confusing at first and whatnot. And I was like, I can't do this. And then I just jumped in and said, hey, I'm going to do this. And Motivation. I started and it's got me this far. Like, what is the 63, 64 episode? I can't even keep track, but we're in the 60s now. It's crazy, but um, I'm thankful for everybody who has taken the time out to call in to interview with You Know Who You Are, um, all the guests on the show, and you know all, all the success I've had. I couldn't have done it alone. You as well, Dan, but um, yeah. I mean, I, I'm not going to go on with this sappy cry show. I, I'm not one of those people, but still, wherever you it's are. It's important, though, yeah. Yeah, it, it's very important to be thankful on this Thanksgiving. And uh, I hope wherever you may be, I hope you and your family have a great, very safe Thanksgiving. And any last words for the show, Dan? Go Hokies. Go Hokies. Yep. You're wearing an Oriole shirt, man. This come is on. all I had, man. Oh, come, come on. on. Where's your uh, Where's your tech shirt? They're all dirty, man. I've worn them all. <laughs> I've had a I've had a lot of opportunities to wear them recently. So yeah, I feel it. Yeah, so, that's how it's been. Yep, that is our Thanksgiving edition of the Josh Kirby on Sports Podcast. Make sure you tune in. Um, for next episode, we will have more content to bring you NFL and whatever else crosses our minds. But until then, we're part of the Mayo Please Podcast Network, sponsored by Route 11 Chips. Make sure you find a bag today inside your local Martin's Food Line and Giant Stores. We're also sponsored by PM Plus Reserves. Thanks, as always, to JR Beats official Dave Johnson in MPT now productions for everything you can catch us via the mayo please podcast network or the josh kirby on sports podcast on all streaming platforms for dan Dembski, i'm josh kirby and we'll catch you on the next episode so long and peace out oh, 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 oh.